Hello everybody and welcome to The Real Ale Show, where we keep it real for you. Yeah. Today is such a milestone in the podcast, because the guest today is special for many reasons. One of the reasons is that the guest is not Bulgarian. It's the first non-Bulgarian guest on the show. And it's the first non-Bulgarian guest that's not from our hometown on the show. That's a fun fact. Some real ill trivia. Everyone's on the it's show. It's remarkable. It's remarkable. Everybody on the show so far has been from our hometown. So today we've got Brandon on the show. And Brandon's got some crazy stories to tell us. And some pretty inspirational stuff. Very happy to have him on the podcast. Welcome, Brandon. How's it going, man? Hey, it's going great. Thank you for so much for having me on. And I hope that um, I make a good impression so that you can reach out across the world and get different guests on. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Right on. So, Brandon, why don't you say something about yourself? How would you do your, I don't know, dinner party introduction? My dinner party introduction is welcome. And if you don't have fun, then you didn't understand what the whole purpose of life is for. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm all about this aspect of living life to the fullest because at any moment it can be taken away from you. So I try to make sure that every moment is enjoyed as much as possible without letting the negative bring you down. That's Something tells me that uh, you're not just saying that. Like A lot of people could just you know, go with the the whole like wake up like it's your last day on earth kind of mentality, right? But it's one thing to tell yourself that and it's another thing to live through some stuff that kind of make you feel like, yeah, life is short, life is floating away and can be over in a second. Is something, did something happen, man? Yeah, so... Um, what ended up happening to me to, to really change that perspective, because it's not, it's not out of just habit or it's not out of just saying it because, oh, I want to think that way. That's truly how I think every day is an actual gift that I am living. And I, I, I was told I'm supposed to be dead and I am alive because I received an organ donation, um, uh, in in like my most time of need and the way I got that was I had to raise the funds to prepay for this uh, pancreas only transplant that I that I received so I am living on spare parts and at the time I had already died twice been brought back to life um, and was told that it, every day was my last day I was going to live and I had the transplant almost two years ago and ever since then, it just completely changed my perspective on how I look at life. And it's all about basic, you know, overcoming the odds and taking life not for granted anymore, living it purposefully and um, kind of helping to inspire others to see it that way. Because I never was able to, to really see it. It was just about living. It wasn't about thriving for me. And now I'm all about thriving <laughs> and making sure that I'm, I'm giving it my all so that if I do happen to fall and not be able to get back up or something happens and that's my last day on earth, I can know that I died happy because I did all I could in, in the time that I had. No regrets. No regrets. That sounds right. So I got like a whole tornado of questions in my head right now. But one thing that not many people experience and I don't wish to anyone to experience is being told that your any day could be your last day. How how old were you when when you when when you first got when someone told you that's you're you're pretty much dying, you're dead. And and how did you how did you handle it at first? What what was what was happening in your head? So the the what it broke down to was that I ended up having um, a problem with my kidney where I had two kidney stones growing in it and they were moving around and I and apparently they had been there my whole life and they were the size of my thumbnail. So like if you look at your thumbnail <laughs> on your finger, I had two of those running around my kidney doing damage for my entire life. So it was destroying my kidney and I didn't know. 
And then when they got stuck, um, they had to do surgery to dislodge them and it, and it just destroyed my kidney. And then I became septic. And that was the first instance I ran into where they're like, you have a 8% chance of living because your body is septic and we have to clear it all out and, and all of that kind of stuff. And then that turned me into a brittle hypoglycemic type one diabetic, meaning my body doesn't respond to food correctly. So it can't process food for energy. And I just completely pass out. And then your brain shuts down and your brain is not supposed to shut down every single day, uh, multiple times a day. You know, it's like a car battery. It can only die and restart once you charge it so many times. Um, so that, that, that was the first time they told me. And then the time, the, the first time it really got serious where I knew something was wrong that I had to do, I was on vacation and I was, I, I woke up to emergency personnel um, trying to save me. And when the doctor showed up, he was going to call it. He was going to say, you're, you're done. You're, you know, I'm pronouncing you dead. I opened my eyes <laughs> and uh, it, it was like a, a joke. He laughed. He says, I've never seen this before. And whatever is wrong with you is something really serious and you need to get it taken care of. And so that was like the eye opening experience of, wow, you know, I thought I was okay. I, I was coasting. I was, I was living, but now I know there's something wrong with me and I have to get this taken care of. And it, it, it like flipped my journey of living life, climbing the ladder, making money, um, I had just graduated of law school and it, it went from living life to figuring out what was wrong with me and making sure that I was able to continue to live life. And so it was, it was a very interesting experience that, that completely changed everything that I was doing in my life. When you, when you said figuring out what's wrong with you did you do you mean that in a in the physical way like what's wrong with my body what's wrong with my organs or did you did you think about it from like a mental perspective like how do i what's wrong with me how do i how do i fight this how do i like, because i can't even imagine like if someone tells me you're pretty much dead or we're about to call you that i i genuinely don't i think my brain will just wouldn't, wouldn't process this, this correctly so were you figuring out, okay, what's life about now? How can I survive this from both a medical perspective and, and a mental perspective? And how was that going in your head? Yeah, both, both things just flood your mind. You know, you're just like, well, it didn't happen. I'm going to do everything I can to prevent this from happening. And I, and I kind of had the attitude of, nope. This nope. This is not. This is not the way it's going to happen. Nope. This is. You know, I, I am not going to die. This is not the way it's going to happen. And then it, it was. Very, it was a lot of anxiety because I didn't know what was causing this low blood sugar situation. I didn't know what was causing my body to not digest food and turn it into enough energy for my body to survive. And so it was kind of like this health thing that changed for me where I always was very healthy. I took my um, diabetes very seriously. It was always well controlled. And all of a sudden, my control over the disease changed and it had full control over me. And so that was kind of like a mind fuckery where it was I needed to get that figured out. And that was not okay with me. And I was willing to do whatever it took. And then it's also a mind fuckery to deal with the anxiety and the stress and the fear and knowing that if I go to bed, there's based on my experience with it, there's a 50% chance that I'm not going to wake up and I'm going to have to rely on somebody to come check on me because I didn't wake up that day. And so it becomes a really like embarrassing and degrading thing physically and mentally to have to go through that where you're, where you're a completely independent person until you're 28 years old. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, you start becoming like a kid again where people have to check on you. Like, you know, things just aren't working out the way they're supposed to. It, it's a very strange thing to process emotionally and to go through physically because your body's betraying you and you don't know why. 
And it's just, it's very difficult when you're going through something like that. Yeah, I think like uh, we're, we're still young, right? And like every young person has this, it's, it's not like an idea, but it's kind of like in the back of your head that you're kind of immortal, yeah. you know, like you're going to live forever. But it, you, you definitely know like there's death and you've seen death probably by, by my age, for example. And you've seen it, but you don't really, but you kind of think like, ah, not me. Like, I'm going to slide out of it. You know, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to go past that and I'm going to figure out a way where this thing doesn't happen to me. Right. Everybody got that sense because you don't want to, you kind of don't want to face the inevitable. And so your brain can focus on the now and what's important right now. So you don't have to worry and face the ultimate fact that you're going to die one day. And, or if, <clears throat> or even uh, before that, your body is going to start failing you as it did you, but it failed you at, or an age of what 27 28 something like that and uh and, and that's hard to process like did did how did your family your friends react like did you have like a support community when all of this all of this happened to you it didn't it, it it probably took a while before you got acclimated to your situation right yeah, it it took um, quite a while actually because I first didn't even know what was going on, so I didn't even know what I could tell people because I had always been self sufficient, independent, and and like you said, like you, you know, death, like no, that's way in the future. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. I'm living my life, um, and so when. Um, I, when family and friends and stuff got involved was when it came to the point of me not being able to function at all. Um, it, it came to the point of the, of the doctor literally telling me if I don't receive this transplant, this very rare transplant, that's not done in a lot of places, the pancreas only transplant, that was the only thing that could save my life. Uh, the next time I had an episode, a low blood sugar, it would likely kill me. I had less than two years to live because my body wouldn't be able to recover anymore. My organs were shutting down because it didn't have the energy to function. And that was when I started informing people about what was going on with me because I thought if I just die, no one's going to know. And so the only people I started to tell and involving were like my parents and then I told my grandparents and, um, and like, they, cause they didn't see me every day. They were, um, I was living in a completely different state at the time. And then once they got involved, you know, they got worried and, and the sad thing is there was nothing that they could do. So once I knew what I needed to do, which was get that transplant, that was my only thing that could save my life. That's when I, I started being more vulnerable and opening up about my weaknesses in life. Like, Hey, I can't even function. Um, do you have any suggestions on how to help me? Because I couldn't do it on my own anymore. And that is when I was able to start building this support system of people, which I didn't, I like, I just thought no one cared about me. You know, they all care about themselves. I care about myself. We're good to go. And I had been on my own for so long that it wasn't even a, a first thought about that. But it really became a lifesaver for me to have built and opened up about myself and built that community because I like, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect health wise. <laughs> Every day is a gift and it's still nice to have those people in my life and have that support system. And even though I, I, I am not superhuman. I, I I have flaws, and death can happen at any time. I they know that they're there for me, and they know that I'm there for them. And I think that it's so important to have that in your life at any age. After having it in my life and not having it in my life, that um, everyone should just make sure that they have some kind of support system in their life because it is very important. Um, and it helps you not feel lonely. <laughs> That's for sure.
Yeah, I think it's in, in human nature, um, ad admitting defeat or talking about your weaknesses or how or about if you're vulnerable, I think that's a pretty tough thing to do for any human ment mentally. Uh, just even m maybe even more for a man because you know, I I've men genetically have the sense of pride, all, all of us have it that you're a man, you're not supposed to be weak, you're not supposed to be sick, people should rely on you, not you on them. But in my experience, I've had many times, many, many times in my life where I actually felt better when I looked for support in family and friends. And I think it's really important to have a support group. Even if it, even, even if, it, if your case is not as extreme as your body's shutting down and you might die any minute and your body's failing you. But even if it's from an aspect of maybe you're just not feeling mentally there, maybe you think you feel like you're failing in certain aspects, maybe you feel like you need some help. I think it's very important for anyone, doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, if you're feeling in, in a place where you need help, to, to ask for help, to, to build a community of people around you because that ultimately will make you stronger. And that's that's a very tough thing to do. I think it takes, um, it's not even about, it, people think it hurts your pride and, and it, w when, you're, when you're in the process of trying to seek out help and support and, and a shoulder to lean on, you might feel like your pride is getting a little bit of a, a chip but I, I think that's not the case. Um, and in my experience, it's always better because I'm the kind of person that if I have a problem, I just kind of put it in a little bottle and just wait for the bottle to explode and then wait for it last minute. But if I force myself to be like, if I'm not doing okay with something, like let's say, I don't know, I have a personal problem. If I talk to Will or to my family or to some friends that might understand me, it always makes me feel better. So I think that's a very huge point if you're doing, if you're not doing that great in any aspect, that you should seek out help. Uh, you should seek out support, and that will help you in the long run. And I think that, the I think that takes more pride to seek out support than to keep it to yourself and just suffer on your own. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that, and that was the I would say the biggest hurdle that I had to get over was to admit that I. It, it it is a pride thing to admit that I needed that help, um, just that support. Because when you no longer are self sufficient, you have to you have to admit that. And then the other thing is too, it doesn't all like not all people are there for you. You know what? It, just like you know, if you're not in a state, if you're if if there's something going on with you, you can't help people. And that and, and that kind of happens as well. So some people are able to help you more than others, and you'd be very surprised when you ask for help or you ask people to be there for you or you ask if I can just talk to you or whatever. It's very surprising who kind of shows up <laughs> versus what your expectations are. And I thought that was a pretty neat thing because a lot of strangers, people I would never think of who would who would even care to want to talk to me or to help share my story or anything like that um, have shown up. And it kind of like shattered my idea of humanity because you kind of think, ah, everyone's living their own life. They don't care. And, it, um, you know, everyone's mean. They're out for themselves. And it, it really isn't the case. The world is kinder than we give it credit for. Like that, I just I wanted to give a moment for that to sink in. You know, the world is kinder than you think. Yeah, and I think we all have that feeling that everybody's out for themselves, right? But it's not when you know when everything is going well that you see who your friends are and who your uh, who your closest people are. You see that when you have to face a struggle and you have to face something. Something that's, you know, that's very hard to go through. 
Pardon, I'm kind of interested. After after all these experiences you had, and I kind of had like a, a little scroll for your Instagram and like watched some of your stories and stuff. Not long ago, like you had like some things sticking out of your neck in in the hospital, man. Um, how's your how are your days looking now? Like how's your how's your situation looking now? What what are your sort of your goals? What are you what are you trying what are you thinking about achieving? How are you getting through? Um, what was that thing that stuck out from your neck? Like it, it it looked like pretty 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 real, man. Yeah, so I I I legitimately got out of the hospital thirty six hours ago, about <laughs> not even two days ago, um, and I had it. I got a uh, my my organ that I had transplanted into me less than two years ago, the, my blood, my lab work was showing that my, uh, my function of the organ wasn't quite right. The levels kept rising and we kept putting, we kept changing medication around to kind of control it. Because what happens when you get a uh, organ transplant is that your body wants to fight it because it's a foreign object in your body. Like when you get a cold or the flu, your, your immune system fights it. And so my immune system was fighting the organ and it was attacking it. And, was, and so uh, I had to do a biopsy to, to determine what type of re organ rejection it was. And it was cellular rejection. So they have the treatment for that. And I had to be hospitalized because it's, it's very extreme with lots of side effects and it can cause strokes and seizures and all that kind of stuff. And the thing that they put in my neck is called a central line and it goes into a big vein in your neck so that they can draw blood from it and they can put in high amounts of volume uh, of infusions and drips through your neck. And so that stinking thing was in my neck for four days and everything went well. Um, I was able to leave the hospital, but now I don't have an immune system at all. Usually it's suppressed to about 65 to 85%. So like a cold is, is pretty serious. It takes me about a month to heal just from a cold. Um, and now my immune system is, is less than 10%. So it prevents it from attacking the organ and uh, so that it, it, I can stay living. But there's just an example of if we didn't catch that in time and my organ failed, I would die. And so we do everything we can to prevent that from happening. And so there I was um, in the hospital. And it's the first time that it happened since the transplant. And they said, usually when we treat you with this, it's, it, it helps reset everything and it prevents the immune system from gaining enough strength to start attacking it again and so it's i it's it's kind of like the waiting game it's just a matter of watching and seeing how my body responds and um in the meantime living life because i can't dwell on the fear of oh my gosh is this going to happen again you know what's it going to look like what, what what can i do about it and i can't i've done everything i can i i take all the treatments i can i take all my medication and go to all my doctor's appointments my doctors do everything for me, and in the meantime, I can't worry about it. I just have to keep moving forward and enjoy life the most I can. Because if I don't, then I'm I'm losing out time. What are what are some things, small or big, in life that you are looking at them? Is there anything that you started looking at differently ever since you started having these experiences that knowing you might die, knowing that like when you go to sleep, you might not wake up? Is there anything that you're looking at like in a different way that normally you would take for granted? Or is there anything new you're looking to achieve? How How is your, how is your mindset working? Oh, it changed everything. So I now... I now find joy in the most simplest of things. Um, I, 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 I know it sounds weird, but it, it is really true. Every day is a victory. If I wake up in the morning, I think, 
wow, I am so lucky to be up today because I, you know, I had less than two years to live and I outlived that and I'm living on a borrowed organ. I'm on borrowed time. You know, and this is like, if it's a video game, this is like bonus points, you know, I, I and so I just look at it and I think, well, you know what, today I might not be able to, uh, travel over to Europe because of what's going on, but I can go on a hike. I can go surfing. I, um, I can go on a road trip and go see nature. Um, and just because I can't live life to the fullest potential I want, there are still things that I can do. I'm physically able to do it. I'm mentally able to do it. I'm fit enough to do it. And so I do whatever it takes to make my body healthy. And I go and I do things that I enjoy and if I don't enjoy it, I just, I, I ignore it. Um, the biggest, like the, you know, the little things that kind of like bother you in life where, you know, people honk at you on the road or you get cut off on the road and people, you know, like it ruins their whole day. I'm like, ah, who cares? You know, it, it doesn't matter. Um, and so it's kind of really changed my perspective into just enjoying it instead of focusing so much on like negative things. Nothing really ruins my day. I just, I, you know, I go with the flow, roll with the punches and it, and that kind of is what it is versus before it was like all about me. You know, I'm doing what I need to do and don't get in my way and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I hang out with friends and, and, and it's cool. And if we don't do anything that's that crazy or exciting, then ah, no big deal. We had fun. And uh, I've, I've learned to really just enjoy the day and the small things and really, because it put everything in, into correct perspective, you know, like um, what's important versus what really isn't important or what we, what we think is something that we have to have like a big car or like, or like a, a certain car or like certain clothes and all that kind of stuff. I, eh, who cares? <laughs> I think as long as I'm enjoying life, then I'm doing okay. And that's kind of like my perspective on that. And that's what going through this has, has taught me. Can you walk me through like a, just a regular day for you, like a regular Wednesday or whatever? Can, can you walk me through how, how your day starts and how it ends just the whole day? Oh yeah. So my days, um, so I, I work online right now. Um, I am a legal consultant. I also run, uh, my social media stuff, uh, for encouragement. And the only reason why I started social media was because that's when I needed to start reaching out to, to people to fundraise for my, um, organ transplant. Cause I needed to come up with $250,000 us dollars cash to pay for it. Cause it's not covered, um, under any healthcare coverage. Um, and so people started following my journey and I needed to keep them updated, which is why I got on social media. Um, so it, it's a lot of Zoom calls. It's a lot of meetings. Um, and then I do, I do paperwork. I fill it out. I submit it. I edit legal documents for people. And then um, it's a pretty flexible schedule. So it allows me to have plenty of time in the day to do things that I enjoy. Um, I like working out. I like being active. I just got rollerblades. So I've been like trying to master those because I got sick of riding the bike. Um, I have an awesome dog that we go out and we play every day and we run. Um, and then it's it, the day flies by for me because I am doing the things that I enjoy instead of uh, thinking, ah, oh, I have to, you know, I have to get, I have to work till five, even though all my work is done at three and, Nope. I, I get to pick the projects that I want and, and do what I want. And then um, when the sun goes down, then I, I make dinner and it's just, it, it really, it's, it's a very calm and, and easy life every single day. It's, it's, it's nothing crazy and, it, and it's, it, and it's about survival, but I live, I live a normal life, you know, it's just a little bit different. I think you've been, I've been, I think you're like one thing I'm interested to know is how did, did, did your, did your friends and surroundings start to treat you differently in any way? Um, because dude, your brand is so on point because 
I, I understand and I digest that you went through a lot of shit. But I don't feel sorry for you talking to you because you're such a pumped up guy. And I, I just feel straight up inspiration and I'm like, hell yeah, like you're you're talking about you're you're talking about things that m not many people have gone through um but i don't i don't really feel like i don't really feel sorry for you at all i just feel like hell yeah man like this guy this guy is going is going places um so i'm just need to know how did your like close friends and close surroundings like not opinion but like attitude towards you the way they think about you did they start to treat you differently like with more sympathy or was it like more of like a inspirational kind of thing where they got inspired for you? Did you think? Do you think like uh, you've touched people's mindsets? Because I'm feeling like like I'm being blown away right now. Um, I feel like my mindset is being touched right now in a, like in a really like positive way. Um, so I'm interested to know how how did your surroundings react to you? Yeah. So I because I was a very like very reserved person. Um, I was, I was like a, a, a need to know person. You only knew what was going on with me. If I told you just cause that's how I was. That's how I grew up. Um, uh, I grew up on a small farm in a small town where, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then when I kind of went through all this kind of stuff and I had to make it more known and then people knew what I was going through when they saw me, I looked like death. And now when they see me, they always say, your eyes are so bright because life is back in me. And I think I do. I have like that hope and that inspiration to live every day. And I, and I think it's kind of um, infectious. People catch on to it as well. And so like my family, uh, my friends, like my cut, you know, like my, like people live all over all of them who I've, I've been able to see because they, they wanted to see me after I went through all of this. It's, it's really neat. It brought us all, you know, even, even strangers and stuff. It brought everyone closer together where we can support each other. And, um, you know, they're always encouraging me, but I think that it's pretty neat because the, the way that I'm able to live my life and this attitude that I, that I, that somehow came, you know, with everything that I went through gets to give back to them, Be you know, so they, they helped me, uh, to get through my hard part. And like, this is me giving back. And I think that it's pretty neat when people experience like what you are, because that's the whole point of what I'm doing, because I've been through the worst of the worst. And if I would have had somebody who I knew in my life, like I currently am, it would have made a world of difference for me. And so I think it's pretty neat that it, it's, it's, I'm able to move forward with that. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's incredible. I wonder, do you, because after these experiences and after this disease, you have like a newfound look on life. Do you have a hard time explaining your new perspective for uh, to other people that haven't had these experiences. Do you feel like someone needs to go through something harsh and close to dying in their life in order to sort of wake up and realize there's more to this life than the way they're living? And also, do you, do you feel like in your day-to-day interactions with people, like say in your work, say you're discussing something very corporate, or whatever in your uh, legal area, do you feel like talking to the people on the other side, do you feel kind of sorry for them that they're not living their life to the fullest? Or do you feel like a little bit disconnect disconnected from them? Like, this is what I used to be and now I'm different, but I can't really connect my reality to theirs because like we're not on the same, I shouldn't say level, but we, we don't have the same experience. So my eyes are kind of, kind of open and they theirs are not do you have that that barrier between people now Ooh, you're digging deep <laughs> um no so it i realized like had i not gone through what i've been through you know which is a lot of suffering i would not have had the realization that i have and i understand that a lot of people 
might not reach that point in life, so they won't get it. But a lot of people have, and maybe they're not able to articulate it correctly. And so sometimes when I just kind of quickly share my story, it it puts that bit of like connection with between us. But like when it comes to just normal people and work, I'm able to be much more caring and it's not, it's, it's more like, I don't take things so personal. Like if people are like, Oh, I've had just such a terrible day. I wasn't able to get this done. I'm just like, okay, well get it to me when you can. Whereas before I would have been like, well, that ju- is just ridiculous. Like what, how, ha- you know, what is going on? You know, this was due today. We, now we have to file extensions. It's going to cost us much more money. I, now to me, I'm just like, okay, well, whenever you feel like doing it, you do like it, it's impacted me in that way, but not in, not into the way where it's like, well, I've been through all this and you, and you aren't going through anything. So it's kind of like I understand what I have been through. It, it It's not meant for everybody to be completely aware or to know. But the people who I feel would understand or might need it, I, I can relate. And I, you know, I'll share a little bit of what I have been through and stuff like that. And it really helps provide that connection um, that I likely never would have been able to connect with people like that. And it's pretty neat because... Like just in the hospital, for instance, people are like, why are you in here? Because I was able to walk around and I could put my mask on regular clothes and I went outside and I could go to Starbucks and stuff like that. And uh, meanwhile, I'm, you know, I have that thing coming out of my neck and people are like, what's going on? I'm like, ah, I'm being treated for organ rejection. And, and then, you know, they want to follow up. I'm like, you want to know more, huh? And then I kind of tell them and they smile and it makes their day because it's kind of like, you know, I just have this crazy outlook on life, which is, which, which is purposeful. It's not like I'm making this up. This is my actual literal life. And it's neat that I'm able to give back to people in that way, where I never thought that that would be something I would want to do. Um, and so, yeah, like, you know, in different ways, it has affected the way I handle things. And it doesn't mean that just because someone hasn't gone through it, they don't understand, but it has granted me far more empathy and acceptance for other people, uh, whether they succeed or fail, because I don't care as much um, than I used to. It's, it's definitely made me a, a better person for all that, for sure. How, how has the world reacted to that attitude? Because let, let's go through an example. If I start feeling, well, I shouldn't care, say careless. If I have this chill attitude at work where I don't worry about deadlines anymore and I don't worry about meeting requirements as much and I don't worry about, you know, answering to my boss and being on time and stuff like that, right? I don't think that would... uh, I don't think that would be received positively unless I have, like, a sad story to back it up, right? Say you don't share your story to the world with someone that you have to do some business with or whatever, or you have some other other things that you need to get done and your attitude comes off as, you know, not as serious because you're not taking it seriously because you've been through some actual serious stuff. Does that, does that come out like in your relationship with people? Do people like notice that you're being a bit laid back and does that affect uh, your professional life, for example, in a negative way, or you don't have that experience at all? So I don't really experience that because the work that I do is my work and I, I present a polished finished product when it's due. So I, I give, I give like the, the people that I work with grace, you know, and I, or, you know, and and forgiveness if, if they can't, meet the expectation but it doesn't mean it's not going to get done like we're still able to get it done um and then when like with my zoom meetings just for instance just because i was sick and i was just in the hospital i still i pulled up my (laughs) i pulled up my ipad and there i was sitting in my hospital bed in the meeting having it and they're like how why are you here what are you doing and it's like i no, i don't want the sympathy i don't need it 
I can accomplish exactly what I agreed to. And, and this is not an excuse. Now, if it was worse and I was, and I was unconscious, then I would say, you know, please forgive me. I, I had to go through this treatment and, you know, and then this and that happened, but it hasn't, you know, even with my being a diabetic since the age of three and going through everything that I did, I, I finished law school. I, I, I had a job. I, I've, I've always been able to meet those needs and I wouldn't take on something that I couldn't accomplish. And that's just kind of my attitude about that. I'm all about shooting for the moon and wherever you land, land. But when it comes to work in my professional life, that is a hundred percent follow through no matter what I'm, I'm going to make it happen. And so I'm not as easygoing when it comes to that because that is very important. I, I need that income. I, I, I need to keep a very professional life professional, but it, it makes it, I think it makes it easier for me too because ah, if people are gossiping, I don't really care. If, uh, if, if people need something done, they also come to me because they know I'll, I'll get it done as quick as possible because I would rather do that get things done as quick as possible then put it off and then have to do it all last minute and kind of be stressed about it so i'm i'm just one of those things like hey let's quick hammer it out get it done wham bam you know move it on and so it's 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 pretty interesting because that's important to me right work is important to me and i make sure to get that done and then in my personal life you know, things are important. There are goals I, I want to achieve. There's a future I want, I want to have, but I, I take it, I take that day by day. And so, yeah, there's, there's two sides of the coin of that for sure. It's not, it's not just, oh, I don't really, you know, I don't miss deadlines and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to clients or other people, it happens and mistakes are okay. Yeah. I think, I think that's how, I think that's how Brandon meant it when he said in the first place, I think he said that he doesn't get annoyed when other people fuck up as he used to before but he doesn't let himself fuck up so yeah he he holds the line yeah. there's the there's a dichotomy right there right where it's like you you could cut other people's slack but you don't cut yourself some slack you know like you you, you hold the line and you keep yourself disciplined and uh working on your goals and grinding and that's very honorable and that's just amazing to hear yeah, I think that's that's a, a next level of discipline. If because sometimes I feel like I didn't sleep that good, and I just maybe I got six hours of sleep, and I kind of like start making excuses not to other people, but like kind of to myself. I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm kind of tired. I can't really ride this cold right now. I'll just like leave it for later or whatever. And then you kind of think, well, if if someone who's been fighting death for such a long time doesn't cut himself any any slack, um, then I think it, there's a lot of people that could take any opportunity as an excuse to stop upholding their own work standards or life standards, anything, especially like something that big, like being in a like being in a hospital with this thing that's stuck in a vein in your neck uh, but you still uphold the ipad and you still get it done so i think that's like some pretty hardcore work ethic and um i think it's important for i think it's important for people to uphold their own standards and ethics uh and it's, it's helpful to to hear i think this is the key like hearing this kind of stories because i don't wish on people to go through near-death experiences so they can wake up and have a, a different perspective on life or, or a different perspective on their work. But hearing about those experiences and hearing that like, okay, Brandon, w Brandon took meetings and did work from a hospital bed with this Frankenstein looking thing coming out of his neck. Um, and he got it done. He doesn't care about the thing in his neck. He doesn't care about that he only has an iPad and it's not the ideal environment. He just gets it done. And that's the important part. And I think that's uh, a lesson we could all learn just from listening to this kind of stories. 
Yeah. I, I mean, and it's not like, oh, wow, like, look how impressive I, I am. It's it, th- that stuff doesn't bother me. I think, okay, this is a, you know, this is a part of my life. And I have these other things that I also have to do at the same time. And I can get them done at the same time. And, but there are times where I can't. Uh, there are days where side effects and I have, and I, there are things that are going on and I am out of commission. And sometimes I do have to give myself some slack. Uh, that happens too, but I am more of the type that I want to get it done. So I don't have to worry about it. And then I can let myself rest. So, you know, not every day is perfect, but I do try to put my absolute best efforts to, like you said, hold the line and do what I need to do because there are there are times where you just you simply can't and that's okay too like I don't feel bad for it I'm like you know I gave it my best shot I'm putting all my effort into it and that's the best I can do and but if if it's my attitude every day that oh I'm just you know oh today I have a headache it just it's not going to work out <laughs> um or, oh, I'm so sore today, or, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm extra sleepy. I, I just, no, I pushed through that. And I, I've always kind of been that way. And I think that has, it has served me well. Um, but I know, you know, I, and that's just because of what I went through. And, I, and it's, it's relatable for some people. And for some, it's not. And that is why I'm sharing my story, because I think that it's very unique uh, it raises awareness for things that people probably never would have thought about. And a lot of people are chronically ill. And just because you're chronically ill or sick doesn't mean that you can't accomplish just as much as someone else or have goals and dreams and, and do things because you have something wrong with you. There's, there's, no, there's, there's, there's really no limits and boundaries to what people can do. It, it's, it's simply amazing when you put your mind to it and you put the effort into it, what you can do and what you can accomplish. So what would your, if, if you were to, to talk to someone who doesn't, who hasn't gone through, through as, as, many, as, as many things as you have and hasn't suffered, um what would how would you like try and advise someone or try to teach someone not to get frustrated about small things and how to l- look at their life and and try to not let anything stop them from achieving their goals and living their life fully because it's like i said i don't wish this to, to anybody but if if just by sharing your story it, it's 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 a very powerful influence on 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 my mindset just to think about things differently and, and try to like think about life differently uh i've i don't really have the frustrations like the only get like small things to upset me or whatever but um this conversation that we've had like has definitely like influenced my mind um but if you were to talk to someone without having to tell them what you've been through let's say you abstract that part and you just want to give them advice on how to live life in a better and a happier way, what would you tell them that you've learned? Like, I mean, obviously you've gone through this stuff, but if you have struck yourself on them, what kind of lessons did you learn about life? So the way that I approach that is knowing that the future is not guaranteed, but, but having goals is a motivating factor. So it's very important to have goals and goals take time to achieve. So for me, I, my advice is always, okay, here's this great grand goal. This is what you're trying to reach in life. But in the meantime, you have to live every day and you, you, and let's break it down into smaller goals. It's kind of like steps, right? So let's break it down into smaller goals to meet every week or every couple weeks and eventually you'll hit that goal because if you have a bad week you don't think oh my gosh like there's i'm never going to get there uh to that to that number one big goal that's in my future but if it's smaller goals and you just if you just miss it that's okay because then there's then there's far more time to meet that first goal uh that little goal 
and then you meet it. Bam. Wow. That's a success in life. That is something to, to be happy about. And it, it is, it is, it is a victory and that is something to celebrate. And then you start moving on to the next one. And you, you, it's kind of like you're able to change your mindset by having these things to look forward to and to work towards that are smaller and achievable that are going to get you to what you want in life. And that's kind of how I present that, that information based on what I've been through and explain it in like a very understanding and applicable type of thing to every person. And the goal might be just to get out of bed every day. That might be the goal. The goal might be to eat three meals a day. That might be the goal. And sometimes you can't get out of bed if you're too sick. And sometimes you forget to eat three times. But if that's the goal and you start meeting it and, and, and you're able to do it, then awesome. Let's, you know, like, let's hit it up. Let's, let's, go, let's move to the next one. Uh, let's get outside, you know, get outside three days a week. Um, go, go on a walk. And so it's really about taking it down taking the big things down, breaking it down into smaller things and the smaller goals that you look forward to that when you achieve, you can celebrate and, and keep moving forward. And that's kind of how I present things to people who get discouraged or who don't quite understand like why things aren't working out in their life. It's, it's, it's all about breaking it down, looking at it from a very large perspective and then putting it in place so that the everything can be achieved, so that the progress progress can happen in life, and and that's kind of what I've learned um, from going through everything and then talking to people in different situations and stuff like that. I think, I mean, I resonate with everything you've just said, but I think most people are in the situation where they're trying to figure out what their life is about or trying to make make something out of their life but they they still don't know what you know now i don't know like for i must speak for myself for example i'm not entirely sure if i have like a set of goals in life because to me the goal is something where you you take the time to plan it out and you take the the steps and you break it down as you said into smaller goals and smaller problems that you need to solve and eventually you get there but for some reason, I just don't have this goal-oriented life mindset. Like, I have it for other things. Like, I have it for my workouts. I have it for my, uh, let's say, if I want to learn something. But not for my life entirely. And this is so profound because you can apply this to your whole life, basically. And all you got to do is ask yourself, like, what do I want to get out of this at the end of the line? And how am I going to have this amazing journey? And maybe this to have this amazing journey is to strive for something that you really want, and then the journey itself is gonna take care take care of it, you know. So on that note, did you have life goals before all of these things happened to you, and have they changed dramatically after the after the the hospitals and everything? Yes, things have changed really dramatically. Um, let me just say like for your instance where, you know, you don't quite know what, what it is in the future, like you want to achieve or whatever, you broke it down perfectly. You have your, you have your working out goals, you, you know, you have your daily goals, all that kind of stuff. And there, there is an eventual goal you want to meet with that and you, you break it down. And so you, it can be applied to, to any like little aspect in life. And a lot of times the issue is people lack the ability to think that just surviving is a goal like it can be broken down into that um and so those are those are things as well but for me my goal before i got sick was to i wanted to be a law partner and i wanted to because i was a teacher i grew up on a ranch i i, I you know i i I've, I've done a lot in life and my my goal was to achieve these big dreams that i never thought possible and somehow i did and I got through it and I met that goal. And now I'm like, well, I certainly wasted a lot of time and energy on something that I am no longer interested in. And so I, I take all my experiences and what I've went through and now I use it for other things. I use it in my personal life to enjoy life more. 
Um, I use it to understand people and to understand the world a little bit more. It allows me to have a bigger picture of what's going on because I have a better understanding based on what I have been through and, and uh, my education and my work and all the people that I have met and, and everywhere that I've been. I get to see the world and just people from a higher view so I can kind of see kind of like what's working and what's going on. And so my goals have definitely changed to where it's now I, I want to live a long and healthy life, but that I, I don't know what's going to happen in the meantime. And so I, I, I break it down into weekly and monthly goals. And I, I, I always like to have something to look forward to. So <laughs> I try to plan like a weekend trip once a month and, you know, work and I try to work towards that. And then I have daily goals that I do and, and it allows me to uh, get to where I want to go every month. And before I never did that, it was just this one big goal I wanted in life. I wanted to be the best I could at what I did. And that whatever it took to get me there, I didn't break it down. I, I just, I did whatever it took. I, and I went above and beyond. And I, and it was like, no matter how much work it is, I don't care. I'm staying up all night and I'm going to get it done. I want to show that I can do this and, and all of that kind of stuff. And that's what it was all about for me. It didn't come down to enjoyment of life. It came down to only being a success. And no matter what, I had to be a success. And it didn't teach me enjoyment. It taught me how to be a hard worker. And But now that I understand enjoyment and like those small victories, it just adds so much value to life and daily life. It, it's really crazy, um, especially looking back on it, because I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life, but I'm pretty much in one of the worst positions I can be in. But that doesn't bother me one bit because mentally and physically I'm well and I feel good and I'm happy. And I think that little aspect of happiness and enjoyment in life needs to be experienced to really get to live. And um, your goals change and your minds change as, as, as things change in life as well. So what... I wanted back then things change versus what I want, what I want now. And that's okay. Who cares? I didn't meet my big goal and, and dream, but things changed. And so now to me in the future, I I'm, I'm still working at it. I <laughs> want to move closer to the ocean so I can go in the ocean every single day and I can fish and kayak and surf and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, since I'm not there yet, I can at least go once or twice a week and I, I I'm, I'm close enough to do that. And, um, I get to golf as much as I want. And so I, you know, I'm happy with that where before it would be, well, if I don't have a house on the beach and I am not happy and yeah, that, it, it, that, that, that's kind of how my attitude has changed. It, it, it's allowed me to break things down and enjoy them day to day, as opposed to saying, I have to achieve this one thing to be happy. And, um, it's just not logical to think that way for me anymore. Yeah, I think I think learning and and having learning how to enjoy life while you're working towards your goals is critical because I've had periods when I was I'm not old, but when I was younger, when I was in my very early 20s, I would get so needlessly angry at complete bullshit like like I'm like even looking back I'm just kind of like disgusted with myself like thinking about what kind of stuff I used to get upset about and that was like, like when I go when I went to like a supermarket and I was in the big line waiting for the cash register I was feeling like oh holy shit this is like I'm supposed I'm, I'm not supposed to be doing this I'm supposed to be rich and I'm supposed to have someone deliver the food for me and whatever or I would get angry that um, like when I'm riding the subway and like the subway like in, in London the subways are pretty shitty they get stuck in tunnels all the time they get cancelled all the time and I would just get so frustrated and I was like oh, I'm gonna be late for work now whatever um, and for me it was like I think it was just like about like me having like this moment of realization at one point that I was just getting way too angry and way too worked up over small things 
uh, and I was just thinking about I was just thinking about the future. I was thinking about this version of myself that I wanted to be. That I just forgot to not even stop and smell the roses. It's just I didn't even know there were any roses. I was just so blind because of because of all this like fic fictitious anger I was uh, I was creating for myself. And and like after I had that realization, I started working towards like trying to enjoy, trying to think about the enjoyment more, about the simple things and and. And the big and the small things like taking a trip abroad or maybe something simple like playing games with my friends or just like sitting down with like someone new like you and just having this great conversation and I think it's really important um, for everyone to 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 think about enjoying enjoying whatever they have and then to work with your with what you're given um, work towards better things but also like don't hate on your current situation look for the positives in it set up small goals and i think that's a that's a great that's a great mindset to have we're also nine minutes past the the 15 minute mark uh but it's just been such a such a great conversation um so let's let's try and uh think about wrapping up um let's say a couple more minutes um so we can keep it like at least around the one hour mark um and yeah that's but yeah that was, that was it like i wish we could like and go for like a, another hour but it will be just too much of a too big of a podcast and we're not Joe Rogan yet for people to sit down for a two-hour podcast yeah we're bro Jogan. we're bro Jogan. we're the uh, <laughs> do, do, dollar store version of Joe Rogan right now yeah the AliExpress version so Brandon do you have a message to everyone that has been touched by your story and uh, do you want to say something to everyone? Yeah, sure. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I mean, I think you guys really like you, you, you're getting what I'm saying, you know, you're, you're picking up what, what I'm laying down. Like you, like you get it. And I think that it's very difficult in life to understand that part and look back at things that, weren't going well and that you just took for granted or you or things that just made you angry for no reason when you hear when you're able to hear other people's journeys and other people's stories and things that you can relate to and stuff like that how amazing it is when it changes your perspective for the better and so that's that is my purpose right now in life. That's, you know, that's one of the things that I do. And that's why I share my journey because so few people have gone through it yet. It's very relatable. And there are a lot of um, chronically sick people out there who don't get to hear encouraging words and they, and they don't get to see people like them or hear people like them in, in regular places. You know, it's all about, it's, it's, it's all about people who are, who are living on the top of their life. Um, and you know, I feel like I'm living at the top of my life doing the absolute best I can with, even with these circumstances. And so my message to people is wherever you are in life and wherever, whatever you're doing, make the most out of every day, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help, be vulnerable when you need to, and things don't always go to plan and that's okay. Um, every day is a gift. And as long as you have breath in your lungs, it, it, you're here for a reason. And if you lose so much doubt that you just that you want to give up, you have nothing to rely on. Know that the sun will always rise the next day. That is the one guarantee that we have in life, no matter what. And and so those are just some words of wisdom that I have for other people that they can take away from. Uh, my conversations. So also, if you want to find me, uh, I'm readily available. I answer all questions, emails, comments. Um, you can find me at brandonmao.com. My last name is spelled M with a Mary, O-U-W, brandonmao.com, or on Instagram, brandonmaoofficial, Facebook, brandonmaoofficial. Um, Message me if you want to know more about you know, my story or you, you have something relatable that you want to share or whatever. I love it. I love contacting, I mean, uh, being in contact with people, sharing our journeys. It, it's really neat to meet fellow people who are in similar situations, but they're dealing with completely different things. It, it, it's an amazing community online if you can find the right people. 
And so that, that's my story. And <laughs> there I am. And I really, you know, and I just, I can't thank you enough for having me on. It's been, it's been fun and an absolute pleasure and an absolute honor to be on with you guys. Uh, I think the the honor is all all ours. I think that's legitimately most the, the most powerful episode we've done so far. Um, it's been it's been great to have you on the show. Um, what a what, what a way to finish what an episode. Um, yeah, I legitimately think this is the the single most powerful episode we've done so far. And I think yeah, uh, all all the gratitude goes towards you for coming on the show and talking about talking about you and talking about your perspective on life and and just sending out this powerful message. Will link all your socials and emails and stuff on, on, on the podcast page and when we release it tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming, dude. It was it was an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you. It's been very educational, very motivational. This is this is what we want the podcast to be about. We wanted to touch people, like entertain people obviously, but also like touch people and like give give people something to, to think about, change change people's lives in, in in a good way. This is what we're about. This is what we're here, keeping it real, keeping it raw. Uh, and yeah, that, that was just such a great podcast to, to record. It was fun and then also like really educational and motivational. All right, so let's wrap it up. Um, thank you to anyone who stuck around and listened. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not expecting for anyone to jump off. I think this has just been interesting start to finish. I don't think we really had any weak points. Uh, thanks again Brendan for coming on the show it was great to have you and we'll see you guys next week with the next episode thank you everybody thank you Brendan see you next time thank you bye